Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. You know David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect. And I think today we're going to be talking about money and, of course, relationships as well. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So do you ever wonder why there's so much stigma surrounding sex and money? Or why these two taboo topics are the ultimate keys to a successful life, and yet they are the cause of so much shame, guilt, and pain. On today's show, we're going to delve deep into the connection between sex, money, and power, and how we can control our destiny by using our own sexual energy to our advantage to manifest transformations that can turn small entrepreneurs into powerful magnates. That's a lot of big words. I know, you right? You know what happens when <laughs> words get more than six letters? Uh, Poor I David. I don't normally do well with those, but I'm sure... Our guest is going to help us work through all of them. But before we bring her on, we want to take a moment to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. But if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, you just have to throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. You know, every time we use one of those blankets, you come out looking like brand new. You're (laughs) You're shining and glowing. It's amazing. (laughs) Last night, you squirted all over one of them, and it did not go through our sheets. So go to Amazon, order one today. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we have a super special guest for you today. Delora Guignon is a high-performance coach who works with men and women to have a great sex life, business life, and the life that they truly desire by simply tapping into the power of their own sexual energy. Absolutely. Whoa, sounds awesome. Lots of energy. We need energy with this COVID-19 pandemic going on. So Delora, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day, all your coaching and mentoring that you do. And... Um, let's chat a little bit about um, what you do well. First, why don't you tell us, um, first I'll let you say hello. Hi there. Hi, everyone. I was, just, on the show. I was just talking. Your dog is beautiful. What's his name? Thank you. Ikai. Very nice. We have a special yeah. guest with the dog today. Yay. Yeah. So if you hear any barking <laughs> in the background, um, we have like a, two guests on the other end. Yes. It's all fun. So tell us a little bit about how your life has changed since, of course, the pandemic's been around, as your, your sex life, your relationships, and your life in general. What's been going on with you? Well, the good news is I've been working from home for four years. So for me, 
in the business world, it hasn't really changed, except I used to do a lot of my writing in coffee shops and that, you know, we mm-hmm. can't, we're not out at coffee shops right now. So I find that a little frustrating and um, my kids are home a lot more. Um, so I'm more, you know, anything I can do to buffer what impact it has on them. Like my son is a really high level hockey player. Mm-hmm. Luckily he can still practice, but he hasn't been playing games and that's been a little frustrating for him. But other than that, you know, like in my dating life, I'm still online dating. Um, I'm not uh, as keen to meet people, you know, like you used to be able to have a little coffee date and see if there's any real chemistry to further further the discussion, but you can't really do that now. So I've done a few Zoom calls. That's kind of interesting. Okay. <laughs> That's a new angle. And so before COVID, you were dating uh, back then as well? Yep, I was for sure. Okay. I've been um, separated for four years. So. Okay. So yeah, you're on the you're on the scout for the next one, I can tell. That's a, yeah. lot of, that's a lot of fun. It is a bit frustrating during these times, but you seem to be coping well, and we're so excited to get started with our discussion here today. Yeah, you know, COVID has been really, um, a, has put a stop to our swinging life. I mean, has, we, we yeah. haven't traveled for, since January. We um, really haven't seen very many of our swinger no. friends. We haven't had any orgies. We have had great sex, the two of us. But um, we tried a virtual orgy once, but our screens got all <laughs> messy <up>. and fogged <laughs> up and everything. But So that only happened once. Well, actually, we realized that's not really for us. We like skin on skin. So that's kind of why that didn't work out. Cock and pussy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so we've been behaving to the most part. We've uh, definitely brought out some of our sex toys that we haven't used before. But it's definitely been challenging times. And... Um, uh, coming up in the, in the new year, uh, we're going to do a couple of shows on just being grateful, being grateful for everything that we have and the people around us and the health that we have. And um, uh, it's just it's just been a crazy year. So let's get away from COVID and let's talk a little bit about you and how you got into the world of sexuality and mentoring people how to get their shit together. Yeah, for sure. So I've kind of always been the friend that people talk to about sex. Um, I'm not really sure where that was, although my uh, my mom was my sex ed teacher in high school, and I was the one that asked all the questions because I was the most comfortable uh, asking them. And she would say, "Stop hogging all the time. Let other people speak." And I'm like, "They want me to ask." Right. The I was. I was gonna say. I'm sure yeah, they're so happy yeah. someone was speaking up for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. Delora, have you ever seen the show on Netflix called Sex Education? I watched part of it, yeah, the early part of it. It yeah. is so good because it's about yeah. um, teenagers in uh, school in uh, in, in the UK, yeah. and the mother is a sex educa- a sex educator, and she's working with her son, uh, who's really not. He's still a virgin, and he's not into sexuality. And and I mean, it's such a great show. I, I uh, highly recommend. I, that highly show. recommend everybody watch Sex Education on Netflix, especially. If you have kids and you, you can see what they go through and um, we've enjoyed it. And the new um, season is coming up soon. So that was you, Delora, but asking the questions, not like on sex education yeah. where he's refusing to talk about sex because yeah. his mother's a sexologist. Right. So it was your yeah. mother just the sex ed teacher or was she yeah, a sexologist? Okay, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, my favorite teacher ever, even though she was probably the most strict teacher that I had. But um, yeah, she was just one of the classes or part of moral education, I think, mm-hmm, back then. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember what the name of the, yeah. the class was. So it was a component of something else. Now, are you talking grade um, four, grade five, grade six? What what age are we no, at? No, in high school. So that oh. would have been, I think, like grade eight or okay, nine. Okay, gotcha. Something right. like that, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. So, so how did that bring you into becoming a mentor yeah. for Sex and Money? 
Well, when I went to university, I studied psychology and sociology at first. And then uh, there was always uh, like the art of um, the history of art uh, in sexuality was a course I took. So everything I always gravitated towards that. And then uh, I went into government, got a really great job, loved it for a long time. And then I wanted to get my master's degree and it was an organizational, it was a master's degree in organizational leadership. And part of that was coaching. It was a values-based program. And when I started doing the coaching, I fell in love and I said, oh my goodness, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I wasn't happy at that point in government any longer. And so I started coaching people and my friend said, well, you're going to be a sex coach, right? And I said, well, not the mechanics. I want to know, I can help with that, obviously. I'm very comfortable talking about it, but I wanted to know the mind, like why people want sex or why they don't want sex. And I was really curious about that dynamic. But I actually ended up coaching in mindset first. But all of my clients, when we're talking about money and business, would all say, you know, I know we're talking about that, but can I just tell you about my sex life last night? Something happened and I just want to be able to share. And I started to see the links between sex and money. And when I started to have those discussions, I could see where the blocks, it would almost like light up like a Christmas tree for me, how they were linked and where the shame and guilt came from their childhood um, around sex and money. And so we just took it from there. And then I had friends that witnessed me take a gentleman through a conversation about why he was having erectile dysfunction when he wanted to be um, more dominant in the bedroom and his lover wanted that. It was fully consensual, but he would lose his erection when he tried to. And it was because he had an overbearing mom and it was like a really great conversation, but they're like, how did you do that? I can't believe you were asking him those questions and it was related back to how he was showing up as a boss mm -hmm. and they said that's not mindset that's mind sex and so that's where it came from so you actually came up with this term this mind sex mentor which is what you call yourself and that's your website mindsexmentor.com so tell us how you define what is a mind sex mentor so i help people um, remove the limitations and the blocks they have around sex and money and a lot of times people don't associate the two. But if you think about it, money and sex are the two most desired things and they're the two most shame things. And just think back when you were a kid, especially, you know, anybody that's over 30, money and sex were not talked about in big, long family discussions. You know, it was like nobody talked about what a mortgage was or how sales are made, unless you were in an entrepreneurial family. But even then, and there was a lot of shame and guilt around asking how much somebody made and uh, you know, if there was someone that was really rich, there was labels for them. If there was someone that was really poor, they were lazy, they were dysfunctional, whatever. There was always labels. Well, the same thing for sex. You know, you might have, if you were lucky, you got the birds and the bees conversation. But it was like, you know, masturbation was taboo. Uh, intimacy, like, I even even me, I asked what my kids, what does the word intimacy mean? And they, they couldn't really define it. And I was like, ooh, well, wait a minute, you know. Um, and when those the same as same thing is there was labels for people that had too much sex there was label for people that you know prude and frigid if they didn't have any sex and so that gets stored in your subconscious mind as a program and a pattern and you don't realize how it affects you but even just something like doing an interview like this if you're not comfortable in yourself or you have a block around it, you won't be comfortable talking about your subject matter for example well that can seriously impact your business if you're the one if you're promoting yourself, for example. So I help identify what those things are and break down those um, those blocks so that they can really move forward. 
Well, that's something I guess everybody in this world has some types of blocks that stop them from doing certain things, whether they're business people or athletes or they just want to live a simple life. There's always something there. So I guess a mentorship and coaching is like would be good for everybody. But when it's so specific to sex and money, which is like that taboo that like you were talking about, that's what makes it very, very different. And that's why I find so intriguing about your topic here today. So I know that you work with sexual energy, but not not everybody understands what what is sexual energy? So how could you explain that? Yeah, that's a really great question because sex energy is probably one of the most misunderstood energies that we have. Um, you know, especially when you think of the religious context, right? Sex is so taboo and I don't I, I don't have any um, anything against religion, but a lot of times when they're discussed, it's all about, you know, sh- again, shame and guilt. But sex energy is our most powerful physical energy. And it is also our creative energy and our charismatic energy. So creative energy is anything you create. It can be, you know, an idea or, you know, a book report. It can be, you know, your masterpiece, your autobiography. It doesn't matter. If you have your sex energy um, suppressed, your creative energy is going to be suppressed. Your charismatic energy is going to be suppressed. That's how you bring people into your world, whether it's in the grocery store and you give someone a smile or it's in your business and you want people to buy from you. If they don't feel your charisma, or, or there's something off in your sex energy, like if you have a bunch of secrets around it, around your sex energy, what will happen is it'll show up as a snake oil salesman or people can't trust you. They like you, but they don't know why they can't trust you. And it's also the more life energy, which is what people don't realize. And more life, not just more life as in making babies, we all you know, can get that idea, but it's more ideas, more expansion, more experience whether that's in the bedroom or just in creation, right? Elon Musk, for example, has ideas all the time. Well, if he, I mean, he does have some issues. I still think he should be my client. (laughs) Well, if he's your client, just invite me to come visit, okay? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But if he um, didn't have a way to express his creative energy, we wouldn't have Tesla and, Mm -hmm. you know, SpaceX and whatever else he's been doing. And that happens a lot is that people will get these fantastic ideas and they won't pursue them because of the shame and guilt around it. But it's because it's your creative energy is stifled somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so all of so are you saying that your creative energy comes from the sex energy or they're equal? They're both the same energy? They're the same energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's the same source and it shows up the same way in your uh, in how you tap into it. But maybe not the same way as you tap into it, but it's the same source in your body. And if you're suppressed in one area, some people just, you know, they have no creativity at all. Well, I could probably go find out that they're very suppressed in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Usually the two go together. Now, there are rare times where someone can be fully expressed in one area and not in the other. And then we just use one area to help you. And that, you know, and, and, with, and when you have something like writer's block or painters can't think of the next thing they're going to paint, is it because somehow something's blocking them in their bedroom? Yeah, for sure. That's a really great, um, I had one client, she's a, she is a graphic artist. And before she was married, she had this really dynamic business. She had all these great projects going and everything was awesome. But then what happened was uh, when she got married, she had subconscious beliefs that she wasn't aware of that women who are married are very proper and very you know pulled together and everything has to be great and I said okay when did that change she said when I got married but before we had a really great sex life I'm not having sex right now she was a stripper and when she was going to school and 
getting all the ideas and everything was great. Her husband loved that about her, didn't ask her to stop, but she just thought, like, subconsciously, she had this belief, you can't be a stripper and be a mom or a, a wife. She wasn't, she didn't have kids yet. So as she started to, as we started to talk, and I said, okay, well, if you are suppressing that energy, if you're not having sex with your husband, if you don't feel sexy, it wasn't even about sex with him first, she'd stop wearing dresses, she'd stop wearing heels, she wasn't doing any makeup, she was, she had really taken away all sexuality out of her life. She was stifling the creative energy. So her projects now in graphic in her graphic art were boring. She was taking a long time to get them done. She wasn't feeling excited and motivated about her business anymore. She was making less money. So as soon as we identified that, she ordered three dresses off Amazon, jumped her husband that night. Mm. And she's like, she said, first of all, my husband is very grateful for our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say. Yeah. And then from then on, whenever she felt creatively blocked, she would go have sex. Wow. And it was, you know, the way to open that up. Now, you can't always go from zero sex to jumping into sex and that's Mm going to work for you. But things like remembering what made you feel sexy Mm -hmm. and doing those little things are enough to just open the window a little Mm -hmm. bit. I have creative blocks like five times a day. Yeah, you do, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And they're still blocked when I'm not jumping on you, right? They stay blocked until I get... No, I think you need to be available so I can jump on you to create... I'd be much more productive. Oh, I see. And I'm available for you as well. You know that. Thank you, honey. Thank you very, very much. That's what that's what couples do for each other. Yes, Teamwork. yes, baby. Uh, five times a day. That's exactly no, what no, we do. No, no, I said three. Oh, okay. Did you say three? I said three. Oh, yes, okay. my birthday month isn't here yet. So this sounds... What so, you, what, you just blew that uh, yes, off. Yes, I blew it off You didn't completely. acknowledge my birthday month. They, nobody can see my eyes rolling, but they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when, you come, when it comes to your clients, like you gave us some examples of, of some types of people that you can help and, and how you help them in different ways, but... What would you say would be your typical client? Who, how could you describe that person? Yeah, I, so I have four, but let's say the two top ones are the nice guy. You know, the guy that's always quiet, always supportive, very nice, very passive, always dependable, but secret and successful, but not as successful as he could be. He doesn't always share his ideas. He's very uh, quiet and uh, doesn't want to be dependable. He actually wants to be an asshole sometimes. He wants to be more alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, the the typical, the most of the men that I work with. They usually suffer from erectile dysfunction, but they seem, they have alpha tendencies. So you think that they're successful and powerful and they can take charge. They're not. Um, and then for women, uh, it's usually the control freaks, the ones that are like completely in control of their life. Everything looks perfect perfectionism everywhere um they only put out branded images they are only put together you know everything seems they're juggling so much you know and they can handle anything that is thrown at them secretly they're <laughs> they're a mess is, is david pointing to me is that really yeah. a fact <laughs> he was, yeah sorry i forget that they can't see that yeah, he, was <laughs> he was outing you i don't know if that was the right point yeah so, it's all fine um, yeah so it's it's um women like that who probably haven't had orgasms in months if not longer oh that's not carol never i know not anymore anyways. or haven't had orgasms with a partner they have solo but not with a partner um and then the other one that is one of my favorite but they're less likely to ask for help or get coaching is um the oversexed mm-hmm. uh, men who are all they think about is sexting all they think about is uh porn they're they waste so many hours a day just on that so what they haven't done is the energy controls them and so they haven't transmuted that energy into 
being letting it be in the engine that powers their day and then they can reward themselves with sex or something about that later but that's usually showing up because it's sabotaging them so yeah and I think that's one thing that we all can be guilty of at some point is self-sabotaging and I know we want to get into that in the second segment but if you were to like outline like the main issue the number one issue that you resolve with your clients what might that be is helping them identify um, their truth, whatever that is, whether it's in the bedroom or in the business. You know, so many of my clients are working in areas that they seem successful in, but if you really ask them what they want, they want to change. Like I have one client that came out as a full-on witch, and she's really successful now that she is. I have other clients that completely change what their business is, or they step into it in a like a, a bolder way. So it's, it's more than confidence because it's really... Um, securing their self-worth in a way that's true it's not the fake confidence that we can all you know you can kind of fake an orgasm fake confidence um so it it really allows them to show up like gangbusters and they don't care what happens they don't care who comes along they can handle it and so that is probably the biggest thing but it doesn't show up as a lack of confidence they Mm -hmm. think they're Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can see that and then Mm -hmm. what exactly do you do is this is the type of therapy where you talk only uh do you do massage you do touch like what kind of how do you actually work yeah so it's all conversation it can be video or not uh it's whatever the client is comfortable with and i'm intuitive and an empath so i as i'm talking to them i get messages about I get messages. It's not really like that. But you know, yeah. I don't know how to describe that part of it. But it, I just know where to go with the question. So I know that something happened to them, for example, as a kid, that completely shut down, um, you know, public speaking for them, because they were humiliated. I had a client that that happened, and she sabotaged eight speaking engagements before she started working with me, thinking they weren't linked, not realizing that all of the different reasons why were actually sabotage that was happening from her subconscious mind. Because your subconscious mind is is so good at not wanting you to change, right? That's its job is to keep you safe and change is unsafe. Not really, but that's what the mind thinks, right? Um, So I help them um, just through conversation. If they want to talk specifics like mechanics of sex, we can get into that. But it's 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 so little about sex, for surprisingly. But w- because we remove shame and guilt from other areas, they feel more freedom in the bedroom, and they feel more confident about you know whatever it is. Wow. This is all very, very intriguing. We're just going to ask you to hold that thought for a minute while we take a quick quick break to remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're talking with Mind Sex Mentor, Delora Guignon, all about creating your desired life through sexual energy. So, so, so interesting. We'll be right back after this. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got Promescent Delay Spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap 
on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at askacarolindavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. All right, we're back. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We just, uh, before we get back into the show, we want to take a moment to remind you about our new partnership with altplayground.net. That's altplayground.net. If you're looking for a new, sexy, erotic, open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, you should join altplayground.net. It's a lifestyle site that's expanding to include lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other like-minded folks like us. Just like us. All right, let's get back to our show with Delora. She's a high-performance coach who uses sexual energy to manifest a successful life. Look at those big words I just used. I know, oh, you're I'm getting better. Uh, Delora, before we get back into this next section, I would like you to explain a little bit more about this um, this intuitive empathy that you have when you, that you've figured out that you're you're connected to do this, but what exactly is it and and how can you describe it? Yeah, for sure. So intuition is really just, um, well, how would you describe intuition? It's a, it's a higher knowledge that we all have access to. Every single person is just some of us are closer in tune with it than others. So some people call it psychic, mediums, all that stuff. There are elements of that, I'm sure. Um, for me, it's more I get a feeling or I get an image or if just something comes through and I just know how to ask them the questions. Now, when I was a little girl that used to show up, I used to say, well, we got to clean up. There's somebody coming to visit. And my mom's like, no, no, it's like eight o'clock on a Wednesday. Nobody's coming to visit a small town. Sure enough, someone would show up. And so I would have little feelings like that, or I would have certain dreams and I'd wake up and I say, mommy, I'm going to have to go to the hospital today. I used to have asthma when I was a kid. She's like, no, you're fine. You're healthy. And sure enough, at school, I would say, I'd call her an asthma attack. And, you know. So that uh, was how it started. And now what I found in my business is, I just, they'll, someone will be talking to me. I, I always say I have this party trick. If I'm sitting at a table, I can tell who's having great sex and who's not. And it's usually within three questions or less, or if I just observe people. And I've never been wrong. Now, the sample size may be less than 50, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can really put that out as a scientific method or anything. Right. Um, but it's just, I just get a feeling and I just have a higher knowledge, or a, a, not a higher knowledge, but a knowing that comes through. And it's always, you know, bang on and I might not always understand the message but the person that I'm giving it to does and then the empath side is I can feel people's energy so I can walk into a room and I can tell what the mood of the room is Mm -hmm. and all of us kind of have that you know if you walk in somewhere and you just have a feeling you're unsafe or you have a feeling that you know everybody's very happy or sad or you know I gotta stay away from that person that's the empath that we all have as well and some of us just have it more expressed than others so now that you're doing a lot of your your coaching over the uh internet or zoom or whichever way do you still feel that energy when you're looking at somebody like do you feel our energy as you see us here today yeah absolutely are we having good sex (laughs) yeah okay yay (laughs) you got it right (laughs) that's because we have a great top waterproof blanket that allows you to release the 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 busyness going on in your head i mean before delora goes on i you know i'm sitting here listening and 
I, I just get what we talk about so much is that so much of what we do and who we are starts up in our head and, and whether there's blocks up there or trauma up there, it really affects our sex life and we're going to talk about money. But I mean, you know, Carol, when she's able to relax and be stress-free and not have all that shit going on in her head, she has the most amazing, amazing orgasms. We have the most amazing sex. We can go on for, you know, more than three or four minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so, honey. (laughs) But, But I know sometimes when we're having sex and there's other things going on in her head, it, you feel it, you see it right away, and that's that that intuition or that that vibe that you're talking about. That um, you know, good partners get it, and I and I guess you being a good mentor gets gets it as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great example of it, actually. Yeah, being in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's a good segue as to how we're going to get into talking hold about it, sexual it, energy. I hear, I I feel that you're in a good place right now. Well, we're not taking a break to go fuck right now, honey. But later. Okay, later's good. Later. <laughs> this guy asked. We always have we always have one of our blankets out on our bed ready to go. <laughs> right. That's awesome. But see now that's a great example of how you can transmute that energy into a really great interview. Be turned on by the discussion we have and then For grab sure. then deal with it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes exactly. exactly. There is exactly. some business at hand right now we have to get through. <laughs> but we we talked a lot about how sexual energy, you're feeling it. You're talking to people who have blockages there. But what is the main reason why we always measure success by the amount of money that people make? Like, why is that? Because there's well, so many definitions of success. Yeah, there, there 100% is. First of all, uh, there's nothing wrong with making lots of money. And that is a common, you know, if, if anybody was raised poor or middle class, they have this strong view of, you know, the super rich and all this other stuff. Do we manage it well in our world? Probably not. There can be arguments either way. But as soon as you start pointing fingers, you have to realize there's three fingers pointing back, right? So mm-hmm. um, in our society, money is the easy way to measure success. But there's really rich people that are miserable, but there's middle class and poor people that are miserable. So it's not, that isn't the measure that if you, all of a sudden you're rich, you're going to be happy. It just amplifies. See, money really is just energy, but we have it as, you know, a bank balance or, you know, a stack of cash or gold. Um, but it's just energy. And if it's just energy, well, then how it's just going to amplify what's already inside of you. So if you're an asshole and you're rich, you're just going to be a rich asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no real difference there. And, you know, money is a great amplifier to see how a person really is. So, you know, if you get the lottery, how are you going to act? Well, you know, there's different ways. So as much as it's a measure of uh, success in our current society, that's just the way we've agreed to set the world up. We've all gone along, whether we're sheep or you believe that it's the right way to do it. I don't have any judgments around that. But it's really what labels do you carry around money that's going to you know, decide if you're okay making more or if you're going to get like lose your life if you, if you, like, if you hit pandemic and lose your job all of a sudden and you're not making money. Are you going to be able to come out of that and come out bigger and better or are you going to crash and burn? You know, there's, it's really what the labels are around that and the beliefs you have. That's the mindset side. And when you help people, you're not really helping them make money. You're helping them find the best way to be the best selves they are, the best people they are. And if that means they're going to make more money, that's great. If that means they're going to have more love in their life, then that's great. So you're not really focused on helping them make money. You're focused on helping them be a better person. Am I correct? Yeah. Be more fully expressed, whatever that means. Um, You know, 
they do end up, all of my clients end up making more money uh, because that tends to be who I market to. So that's what their mm-hmm. goal is. But it's really just how are you more turned on by life? You know, if you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, great, it's Wednesday. Why can't it be Friday already? Well, it's Wednesday. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to get up every day and talk to my clients about what I do. You know, um, it probably wasn't always like that when I was, you know, at the tail end of my government career. I was like, don't do this. Um, you know, so we, we want to be more alive. It's a more life energy, right? And, you, you know, as soon as you stop growing, just like if you look at a tree, when it's done its full life growing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to decay and rot and go into the ground. We don't ever want that to stop. And so you should always want more. The wanting more in our current society is more money, but it can be more experiences, which you can get by having more money. You know, you guys travel a lot or did Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. You can do more of that with more money, but it doesn't make you bad or wrong for wanting that. You get to experience more life out of that. Mm -hmm. So it's really just let's take away some of the taboos around money. And then I think that we would all show up much more alive and turned on and willing to help other people around us without like having to, you know, guard the money like it's, not bottomless it is infinite mm-hmm. absolutely and and you know most businesses or websites or people out there they have taglines and and it's sort of you know the why for their brand and you know we always talk about living happy healthy and horny and sometimes we get a chuckle over that but the three of them are are intertwined and it's so amazing hearing you say what you're saying because you can't have great sex if you're not ha- happy. You can't have great sex if you're not healthy. You can't be happy if you're not healthy. So all three of them go together. And when you when you can um, merge or manage all three of them together and you're happy, healthy, and horny, you end up not only having great sex, which is, which is fantastic, but you have a good life. Your brain is in the right place. You have positive thoughts. You can live a positive life. And I'm not saying that there's not shit that goes on in your life, but when the shit happens, you find a way to work your way through it instead of letting it get on you and and create depression yeah for sure and you know a sexual energy on top of that is also the gateway to your spiritual energy so whether you're religious or not there is a higher self and this is you know i can give you quantum physics and biocentricism to back this up so it's not just from the woo-woo side of my life it's you know backed in science as well um that it's like the third eye that opens and you're just, I mean, you know, when you, when, especially, I, I mean, I used to be a man in previous lives probably, but in, as a woman, you know, when you have that orgasm, you have that complete release, your mind really has no control of what happened in your body, the sounds you're going to make. It is a complete emptiness. And then if you can stay in that stillness for a second and just all of the feelings will come through and you'll just have, if you went into the, you know, the session or the sexual experience with a question, I bet within an hour, the answer will come to you yeah. or the, the solution will come to you because you've opened up to your higher knowledge. And we all have access to that. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing of it. So um, I was, the moral of that story is if you've lost your keys and can't figure out where you put them. Have an orgasm. Have an orgasm. Yeah. Think about the keys yeah. right yeah. before and maybe it'll Masturbate. come to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, gotta, you have to walk around with your womanizer. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Let's talk about sex and money. Yeah, sex and money obviously are are linked together. Explain to us in your in your world where you help people uh, get through all this. How are they so linked that it makes uh, makes you have um, a job for life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, like I said um, in the first segment, we we're talking about how it's um, 
the, the two most shamed and the two most desired things in, in your world. When you're a little kid, you don't have a conscious brain and your conscious brain is your filter, right? It's where you make your decisions. It's where um, you, like if, you know, my dad used to tell me that there was monkeys in the trees and I'm from a really small town in Quebec, Canada. There are no monkeys in that area of the world, but I believed him until I was 13 years old because I didn't have a conscious brain to filter out that there are no monkeys in this area of the world. And it wasn't until one day he said it and I'm like, wait a minute. So my conscious brain, I didn't just stay in re reactive thinking mode. My conscious brain kicked in and said, there's no monkeys here. Well, it's the same thing for your subconscious mind. If you're filled with these ideas that sex is taboo, that masturbation will make you blind or put hair in your hands or you know women i don't even know if i've met a woman that was told that it's okay to masturbate it wasn't even an idea right it it was taboo for men but it wasn't something that was necessarily even discussed as an option for women not to do it like there wasn't even that no. idea around yeah. right but you know there's ideas that you shouldn't have sex till you're married you shouldn't have sex unless you're in love you shouldn't um, have sex with multiple partners there's so many things that go into it. Most the same thing with money. You shouldn't, um, you know, salesmen are slimy. You shouldn't um, sell for that much. You have to have a really high education. Mon making money is hard. Well, all of those stories you hear when you're a kid get stored in your subconscious brain. And what happens is when you are in the world and you're going to ask somebody, for example, if you're um, in real estate investing and you need to ask someone how much they owe on their house so that you can decide to invest in that house or not, and you get a pang of shame because you don't discuss houses, you don't discuss people's mortgages, and that's a private matter. Well, it's the same shame you would feel in feel in the bedroom, for example. And so it's stored in the same way. And so it's 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 as if you ask them to you know show them your penis mm -hmm. like that's the same feeling that you would get in your body it's inappropriate i shouldn't be asking this it's not right mm -hmm. and so it gets intertwined in that way because we've made them two secrets that people talk about oh. in in that way you know yeah i i get that i can see that and you're right because it doesn't really matter what you've been told, anything negative surrounding either that sex or money, uh, it gives you shame, gives you shame to think about it. You shouldn't really be thinking about it. Mom says I shouldn't. And, and why am I doing it now? And it's so funny that not that we want to go out and, and understand how much money everyone's making, because it doesn't really matter. It's not going to make any difference in our lives. It's their business. But at the same time, you're not supposed to flaunt it and you're not supposed to show off with it and, and buy big cars and do it. But it's okay if you want to buy a beautiful, you know, little Mercedes that's you know, boot around town in. That's okay if you have the money and you want to do it. So you probably get judged for having that little car, even well, though that, you can that, afford it, that right? That whole judging personality is so wrong out there because people should be able to do what they want to do because it's good for them and it's the same thing in the swinging world we swing we have sex with other people because it's good for our couple yes people judge us but it's not no business of theirs no it's nobody's business but our own and same thing with bisexuality and lgbtq community and sexual fluidity you know society over the last hundred years has looked and been told that you judge people, you, 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 they have to fit within this mold. And I like that society today is saying people don't have to fit in that mold. You don't have to come out of the closet and say, I'm gay. You can like guys today, like girls tomorrow, like both people, go into orgies and whatever is good for you today. And I think the same thing is, is there for, for money, that if people have money and they want to flaunt it, well, good for them. And, or spend and, it and waste it. And, and people can choose to be their friends or not be their friends, but mm -hmm. don't judge them and, and talk behind their backs about it. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly true. And what also happens is we have a lot of blame. Like if we don't make enough money, we blame ourselves. If we can't figure out the sales thing, we blame ourselves. You know, a lot of people are raised trading time for money. Trading time for money is the best way to stay broke. It's not mm-hmm. the way to make a lot of money. And so, you know, if you don't come from an entrepreneurial world, going out and making sales is dirty. Yeah. It's like yeah. a bad thing, yeah. you know. But everything, everything, everything is a sale. A dating, my d- dating profile is a sale. Mm-hmm. I'm selling myself. I'm mm-hmm. not selling myself for money. Right. And it would cost a lot to get into my pants if that was <laughs> the case, you know. But, and there's nothing wrong with it if right. that's what you do either. But it is a whole lot of this belief that sales are bad. Charities are selling. You know, why am I going to invest in the cancer charity versus, you know, the SPCA? It's where, where's my heart? Who gave me the best, you know, infomercial? I was like, oh my God, look at those puppies. I got to give my money there. Right. You know, that's a sale. That's yeah. the same thing. And yeah. If you can't show up. So if you're in business and you need to market yourself, but you have shame around showing yourself, then you're going to feel bad. You know, I had a, a multi-million dollar, multi-millionaire that I worked with. He had, he was on his third marriage and he had lost a lot of money each every time he got married he lost all his fortune so he would still go to lunch with these millionaire um investor friends that he was with but he would not talk he would get so much shame about losing money that he wouldn't speak up when he had ideas to help his friends just like he would have before if he had had the money so his his worth was wrapped up in the fact that he had lost money. He was no less smart. He had no less great ideas. In fact, he was such an out-of-the-box thinker that we were able to help him find $70,000 that was laying around him mm-hmm. all, all the time. But he originally started working with me because he wanted his wife to sit on his face. She didn't like oral sex. She wow. didn't. They were married 10 years. She was younger. And he's like, I just wanted to do that. We never talked about that. We only talked about business. The day that he made his $70,000, he came home and said to her, I don't know her name, let's say Carol, put <laughs> on your pants and sit on my face. She did have the best orgasm. She's like, oh my God, can you do that again? Afterwards, he's like, what did you do? Like, are you voodoo or something? Mm. We never talked about it. And I said, but the confidence you showed in that business meeting because you got out of your head, you got rid of the blame and game and the, the shame and guilt around it was the same confidence you told her to pull down her pants. And you're damn right she was going to listen to that because that's sexy. You know, that's what we want to hear from our partner, whoever that is. Right. Wow. That's a great, great, great story. And we we talked a little bit about it in the first segment. I want to get more into it about this self-sabotage, which is what, you know, a lot of people do. And I think everybody's guilty of doing that. And it must be those blockages that are, are there that you don't feel the confidence or you feel the insecurities just overwhelming you. And so you don't do what you really want to do that you have to do to get that dream rea- realized. So what is the mindset of this self-sabotage? Well, the self-sabotage is really your subconscious mind's uh, protection mechanism. It's how it keeps you in your comfort zone. So I had a, a guy reach out. We only had one session together. He didn't end up becoming a client, but he was someone who was building an online uh, personal training business. And he was starting to do really quite well and getting more and more profile online. And when he reached out to me, he was crying. It was a bunch of messages he had left me. And he said, I don't know if you can help me with this, but I am addicted to porn and sexting. And he was married. And he said, my wife knows about this, but I'm, I don't want to do it. I can't, I delete my accounts or whatever. And what was happening, he was escalating in his self-sabotage. So not only did he have these accounts set up, he didn't want to do this. He wasn't looking to have an affair. He never met the people in person, but he was escalating in that it was eventually his real face that was on there. So he was setting up a future sabotage so that when he really was well known online, people would say, you're the asshole that catfished me 
three months ago or whatever. And he was also sabotaging his happy marriage. He did have a great relationship with his wife and she was trying to be as open and understanding about what was going on with him. And then what we came, what it came down to is when he was a kid, his dad um, had started to make a lot of money in his business. And as he started to make a lot of money, he became disenchanted with his business, started wasting a whole lot of money and picking fights with his stepmom. And and this little boy at that time witnessed these incredible fights. So his subconscious stored that if you make a lot of money in business, you cannot have a happy marriage Hmm. and you can, you will, um, you will ruin your life with money. So he was, he didn't know he was doing this, but that's how he was setting up his life to sabotage the money he was bringing in, his marriage, because you can't have that. That's what his little subconscious believed. So it's just a protection mechanism to bring him back to what he knew, which was do not be successful, do not have a happy marriage, you're going to be unhappy, because that's what he saw with his dad. And of course, that's not what his dad wanted or anything. Mm-hmm. But but once we cleared that up for him, he stopped sexting, stopped porn, hard stop. He has now has his second baby. They're beautiful together. It's really amazing. Wow, that's another great story. And I think we like I said, we all at some time at some point in time need a coach or a mentor to help us through all these issues. Because we do we hope that our partner is going to be the mentor that we need. But your partner can't always be uh, can't be everything for you anyways. But it's such a great service that you have that you can help people this way. And I know a lot of people also it's, it's part of self sabotaging too, but they waste time and money, they waste it, they knowingly do that. And that sort yeah. of dampens their dreams too, because they can't get there because they've just wasted either so much time or so much money and now they can no longer get on to those dreams how how do you deal with that well that's uh you know classic uh procrastination is one of the best ways to sabotage yourself right oh i'm going to do that tomorrow well tomorrow is never really a day you know because by the time you get there it's today so you can say well it's tomorrow it's tomorrow you keep saying it um so what i do is i tell people take three things only pick three things that you're going to do and that you're going to work on. And then from that space, you can, no matter what, you can reward yourself with an orgasm after if you want. You can reward yourself with a, a drink, whatever it is. And then pick three more things and then do it again. And do as many as you feel is right for that day. But just by, instead of looking at your full list of to-do, you bring it down to three and then you're able to um make it just more manageable that way. And then you don't stay in procrastination. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I actually got a lot done today. Mm, that is very interesting. I like that. This is just, oh, to me, this is just fascinating. We're just going to take a little moment. We're going to remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is a sexy lifestyle. We're having an amazing discussion with Delora Guignon from mindsexmentor.com. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. All righty. I'm going to talk about hedonism. Hedo 2 in Jamaica. It's one of our favorite places in the world, and it's the sexiest place on earth where you can be as wild or as mild as you like. You know, before COVID, we were traveling a week a month. We haven't traveled since January 2020. And we have decided decided that we are going to go this winter. Fingers crossed, everything stays the way they are right now and it doesn't get more crazy. Um, To go to Hito for 10 weeks this winter from January 15th to March 26th, we're going to be broadcasting our show on location there. And we actually do our show naked sometimes. So uh, we want to invite you to come down, join us for a week or more, and you can possibly even be a guest on one of our shows. And we can't wait to get back home to Hito. It's going to feel so good to be home. And with all that delicious food and all the amazing and award-winning entertainment and staff and all the fun people and the guests, 
And you can just join us there where we all get naked on the beach again. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And just remember, you can always visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to stay informed about the sexy, open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world. Yeah, so if you didn't get that, we're going to be at Hedo. We're going to be naked on the beach. We're going to be doing our show naked. So for those of you who want to see Carol naked, because I know you don't want to see me, just come with us. It's a great <laughs> place, great vacation. Go to uh, our website. You can find the link to Hedo and book right there. All right, let's get back to our show. You know this is The Sex Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Oh, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. And as usual, we're going to get a little personal with Delora and find out about her sex life and her uh, stories, I guess, if that's what we're going to get to. Tell us a little bit about your sexual journey growing up and about your parents and how open they were. Well, we knew your mom was, uh, or helped with sex yes. education. Mm-hmm. Did she talk to you about sex at home? So, uh, yeah, my mom was very open if I wanted to talk about it. It wasn't something, I never felt it was taboo. Um, I did have inappropriate things happen to me when I was a kid that I don't need to, I'm, I'm very fine talking about it, but I don't know that that needs to be an issue here. But um, as soon as that came to light, she was very quick at dealing with it and whatnot. Now, my parents were divorced at a young age, so uh, I wouldn't say that my dad was very open, but he was a very charming man, so I was very aware of his charisma and his flirtation with women, for sure. But, um, yeah, I never felt suppressed or that I couldn't discuss it if I needed to, that's for sure. And when you started dating, um, did you have sex right away? Were you the aggressor? Did you say, pull down your pants, I want to suck your cock? Or, you know, is it something that progressed slowly as you grew up? No, I wasn't the aggressor necessarily, but it was, I don't know, I have to think about that. I had... I always had a boyfriend, <laughs> but sex wasn't the first thing that happened, probably because of some other things that happened when I was a kid. So I had to deal with some of that trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was, you know, certainly when I hit university, um, that was probably my favorite boyfriend for that time. He was not great for a relationship side, but sexually, he really opened me up sexually um, to what is possible, and, you know, what an orgasm is in your body and all that stuff, like, because it wasn't something that I knew pre- previous to that. So. And when and when you were young and you had this this guy who you say is a great lover, were you able to tell him? Did you know about your body? Like, were you a person who masturbated, knew what you liked, and were able to tell him? No, I wasn't. I didn't masturbate until I was thirty-five. Uh, believe it or not. See, me too. And right, and I didn't even. It was a conversation. I'm still. I still. Right from the very young age of thirteen, I was the person that people talked to about sex. And my girlfriends and I were having wine one night and they were talking about masturbation and toys and whatever. And I said, I don't masturbate. And they're like, what? You of all people don't masturbate. And I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, that's a good question. Why don't I? So then I immediately went home that night and said, well, let me try it. And I was a military wife. And so my um, husband at the time was away all the time. So I was often on my own. And then when I started, I was like, damn, what have I been <laughs> missing out right? on? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. amazing. I- I got my very first sex toy and masturbated at 35, yes. Even after my yeah. second child still, like, you know. And, I, now, yeah. and now we do it together. Uh, yeah. We have yeah. toys and we lie sure. on bed and we watch each other masturbate. Yeah, and, you know, um, yeah, as a couple, awesome. um, it's, it's just so healthy for people to know what's good um, for their body. Mm-hmm. What and, pleasure yeah. points. And, and then stuff. they can tell. I mean, you're, you're, you're dating yeah. now and, you know, we're yeah. a little bit older and... Um, you know what's good for you and I know what I was good doing to this other person. So if you don't tell the guy or the girl that you're going to be with what you like, you might end up having sex for I don't know how many times and he's just not doing what gets you off. 
Yeah, for sure. And I would say early in my sex life, I was not very good at saying that. I didn't have the words or I didn't know. Luckily, I had some really good lovers that taught me about my body and they were very confident in that area. So they were able to take me places that I didn't even know was possible because as much as I studied sex later in university and I was open about it, I still didn't know those things. Mm-hmm. And you kind of don't know until you mm-hmm. experience it really. And I'm sure if we, if you were my um, coach at that time, or if I was your coach at that time, um, you would probably find out there was tons of blockages going on and why we didn't masturbate and why that was like that. And I don't know what the answer is, but I'm glad I got over it. Cause, and I don't know exactly yeah. how I got over it, but I certainly did. But I'm certainly glad I did. And yeah, like, like, you, sure. like you, I woke up and say, what? I can't believe I haven't been doing this all my I, life. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And to find out how many women were but I think it was just something that you know masturbation was talked about for men or at least when I grew up Mm -hmm. it was not necessarily discussed for women not that it was discussed that we shouldn't but just that it wasn't discussed I don't know right not at all and so when you actually have to deal with like sexual issues I know you try to coach your your clients uh, and help them become the best person but a lot of them actually have sexual issues what would you say would be the number one sexual issue that you're trying to coach them through uh, most times it's orgasm, so either erectile dysfunction or actually being able to release and let go of control long enough to have an orgasm for oh. women. So oh. it just depends on what that is. Um, most men that I have coached have some form of erectile dysfunction that is not medically at all. And so, so powerful. The mind is so powerful. It's your most powerful sex organ that it actually would override Viagra for them. Mm. And then, um, then they're like, well, Viagra is not even working. Like there's no hope for me. Yeah, there actually is a lot of hope. Mm. And it's just about getting whatever chit chat is going on in your head. Let's isolate it, get it out of the way and have you show up in a way. Um, because what also happens is when you have a relationship that is based in that kind of, and you don't have the freedom to discuss, um, the woman will take it personally. It's about my body. You don't like that I put on some weight or, you know, or you don't find me attractive or, you know, we feel bad we didn't keep them hard. Well, wait a minute. Like, it's not anything to do with that problem. And so let's discuss and take a step back. When did this start happening? Is it about your partner? Is it about something else, you know? And once we can get all that chit-chat quiet and the stories out of the way, you know, they're hard and can stay hard and enjoy it. And if they don't, they don't feel shame around, around yeah. not being able to stay hard, which right. is really important. You know, for us women, we can fake it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we need some lube because we're dry maybe. But for men, it's a very physically obvious whether or not they're Rest. erect. Yeah. And that's, you know, a disadvantage in some ways. If you just, maybe I just need a little minute to recover here. But you don't, you're not comfortable saying it. It's obvious, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the guys for a second because um, being swingers, you know, the the rest of the world out there thinks that, you know, everybody goes in, everybody has this, this appetite for sex, guys are hard all the time, women are wet, there's orgasms everywhere. But you know what really exists a lot of times in a swinging situation is performance anxiety. And that will kill an erection every time. And it could be because um, someone's not touching you right, or you don't like um, what's going on or the mood, and it's there. I, I have it. It's an ad- or distraction it. or noises or like you know, or you have something in your head you're you're worried about that's nothing to do with the situation. And sometimes you know when we're swinging together and Carol sees I'm not hard, she comes over to help me. And sometimes when I'm going to fuck another woman and I'm not super hard, 
it's not the end of the world. And sometimes you just say, hang on a sec, and I just stroke my cock myself, get myself back into the rhythm, back into the mood, and we get going. And it could be for three or four minutes, and then sometimes something you hear, and all of a sudden you lose your erection. It just, it's natural, it's normal. And if you don't have that physiological issue, which obviously if you do, you have to go see a doctor, so much of it is up in your head. And guys, you know, talk about it. Tell your partner what's going on. And if you're with a new partner and she's sucking your cock and it's not how you're normally used to feeling a mouth or a hand on your cock, tell them what you want. Some guys want it fast. Some guys want it hard. I like my cock squeezed hard. And I like when Carol goes over the head with her hands in her mouth and takes it deep in her throat. Well, if you like that, Tell the person that you're with because it's going to get you into the moment instead of her doing something for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and it's just like it feels horrible. And then you're saying, okay, I got to get hard. I got to get hard. And the more you think about it, the softer you get. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, 1,000%. That is a common thing. And I will even say that for my friends that are dating right now, for men that are in their 20s and 30s, because I have a lot of friends that are younger than me in the dating world, they are finding that younger men are having a hard time with uh, erectile dysfunction and performance anxiety. And I'm a thousand percent sure it's because there is um, a lot more porn available and being watched. And that is not a true world. I don't, I have nothing against porn, by the way. I think it can be an enhancement, but if you use it as that's what you're watching for an hour on Friday night, instead of going out uh, all the time or every day you're watching it, then you get, you have a higher level of stimulus that needs that. So a lot of times like five or six things have to be going on for them to stay hard when what happened to just stroking your cock. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so I find that really, um, first of all, I'm fascinated by it. I have no judgment around it, but I find it's really interesting that it's the 20 and 30 year olds that are now uh-huh. experiencing a lot uh-huh. more of that. But also it's not an age thing. No, right, and, right. and also with so much um, sexuality on TV and on porn, younger people who don't realize that it's just entertainment and not education are trying to live up to those standards. And we we always talk about you're not going to learn how to drive from watching the movie The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're right, not going right. to learn kink and BDSM by watching Fifty Shades of Grey. That's just right. a movie. It's just to open up conversation right. and dialogue. And... You have to, you know, look at porn, say, great, it's entertainment. There's five or six or ten takes to get the guy to get hard, to get in her pussy, to get in her ass, to come on her face. And it's it's not reality. Plus, you know, guys right. don't have huge cocks that fuck for two hours at a time. Not all guys. Right. Some guys do. Are you saying I'm not capable? No. Yeah. Well, okay. you just not. But, but, <laughs> but the, the younger people have this, this, this vision this this idea idea out there that this is what they have to do and if they're not doing it and if they're fucking the woman and they put their cock in and she's not having the squirting orgasm because they're fucking her and so many young guys don't know that the clit isn't just a button it's the whole thing and she has to get turned on and aroused and it's a lot of work and it's not just putting your cock in well yeah in their head they're like what am i doing wrong and like like you said you know porn is good entertainment but know your body Tell the person that you're with what you like, what you don't like, and right. it eventually it'll work. Yeah. And it's like this narrative, you know, also that I've heard a lot, a lot more recently is that, well, women don't always come. 
Hmm. Or women are hard to come. What? Pardon me. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, back up. Mm-hmm. If you start saying that to yourself, you're never going to give a shit if you, if Make you have to try up. something yeah. or it's going to take more. Yeah. yeah. And more play, like, first of all, get clear on what your mindset or what, what it is that you have, whatever chit chat you have going on in your head, isolate it, get it out of the way, talk to it, find out what the truth is. The second thing is foreplay is gold worth mm-hmm. more than a hard cock mm-hmm. and a wet pussy, honestly, because mm-hmm. that's what's going to get you the hard cock and wet pussy is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So would you say in a a healthy relationship that is money or sex more important? I'm not picking one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say uh, it it really depends on how you were brought up and, and what can you do? What do you believe around money? If you believe that it's an infinite energy and that you can make it and you know how money is made, it's not by trading time for money. Um, that you're willing to do things that are outside of the box to to make money or to you know get more sales, then that's not going to be the issue. But you know, in a couple, I would really say that if you don't have a sex life, you're probably going to stifle a whole shit ton of stuff, including yeah. making more money. So, and I would say like sex goes way beyond the bedroom and just the act of fornication. Um, it is the connection, you know, it's the flirty text and it's the, you know, when you're court, when you first meet somebody, yeah. it's all sexy and yeah. fun and playful, try to keep that throughout the day or, you know, or, or like, you know, sending sexy pics doesn't stop after you move in with someone, for example, mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a man typically, now I'm going to talk very heterosexual and it's, it's going to be stereotypical in some ways, but the majority of the people that I've worked with, if you're a guy, you when you have sex that's when you're open up and you're willing to connect then and a woman needs the connection first to open up and Mm -hmm. have sex Mm -hmm. so we're kind of built in opposite ways in some way but then you learn that about each other and then you keep the flow of communication going through the day and you know if she is worried about the 10 things on her to-do list and you take five off damn all of a sudden you look sexy you know absolutely absolutely and this is really all such great stuff we could talk for hours and hours but we are coming to the end of our show and we usually like to leave with some final advice so today I wanted to ask you you, what would be the first thing that someone should do when they realize that they're not maximizing their financial or sexual potential? A, a little light bulb comes on and then what? I would say, you know, write down two categories. What are this? What do I believe about money and write it all down? Um, and the reason I say write down is when it's in your head, it's like the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulders, your subconscious and your ego control the conversation. When you write it out, you write down, I believe that money is hard to make. I believe that you have to work really hard. You have to have high education, trade in time for money, whatever that is. Same thing for sex. What do I believe about sex? I have to be married. I can't have sex with multiple people. Like whatever. I'm giving you some taboos. Obviously, that's not what I believe. And then when you write that down, then ask yourself, what is true? Is that really what I believe about those things? And a lot of times you'll see that, no, these are someone else's story. Mm -hmm. Someone else told you you had to be married. Someone else told you that you can't have great sex or a woman is longer to come or, you know, whatever that is. Or you can't have sex more than twice a a week because then you're, you know, slut. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, that you can't have millions of dollars or that it's going to be hard and take years for you to make millions of dollars. No, well, you can probably make it in, in a year mm-hmm. if you're willing to do the right thing. So it's really write that down and then challenge yourself on it. And whose story is that? Where did that come from? What, did, what do you actually want to believe? And then go out and get the truth. And the only way to rewrite your subconscious mind is constant spaced repetition. So you like, you know, you always say that, no, actually sex is fun and I'm, you know, really great about it. You're reprogramming your subconscious mind. Uh, or sudden emotional trauma. If you fall off the horse, get right back on, or you're going to be scared of the horse. We don't want you to have the sudden emotional trauma 
we want you to have really great active uh, awareness of your subconscious mind. So, wow. yeah. Amazing, amazing. Delora, thank you so much for being here. All that great information. Yeah. Why don't you take a second and tell everyone how they can find you? <clears throat> for sure. Well, thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Um, you can find me on mindsexmentor.com. On all social media, it's my name, at Delora Guignol. So D-E-L-O-R-A-G-U-I-G-N-I-O-N. And um, yeah, I'm on I'm even on TikTok. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very, very cool. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page, including Delora. And you can even contact them directly there or send a question about their work. And, oh, and of course, we're learning more and more every week from all of our expert guests, and we hope you are too. And if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. And please remember to stay safe and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, practice social distancing, and please wear a mask when you're outside. Well, that's it for our show today. Delora, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was fun. And like we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners out there for being there week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and of course, always horny. All righty, that's it for our show today. Remember, stay safe and of course, stay sexy. Sending you lots of love and of course, great sex. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.